the BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Some of the questions you called in with were everything from fruit trees, Christmas cactus, poinsettias, Christmas trees and Alstroemeria. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther, every Saturday from 11. Well, before we get to your gardening questions, I thought I'd give you a few tips on what you could be doing in the garden in the next week. Well, perhaps a week or so. Yes, you're at home enjoying a couple of days off. Soon be into that new year. Now, what could we grow? Well, I'll tell you what, something that nobody grows. I used to grow it actually... Years ago, um, I used to grow bean shoots. I used to put them in the airing cupboard. I think I did it as a kid, actually. But anyway, microgreens are really useful at this time of the year because, let's face it, a lot of the vegetables are fairly boring, aren't they? So microgreens, you can buy those from most garden centres. You just need a shallow tray. It's as simple as that. And uh, it's it you just, or even led to guttering. In fact, you can use all sorts of things for it. Anyway, you put multi-purpose compost in uh, and then water it through and then scatter your chosen seeds. There's plenty on the market. Some are spicy, some aren't spicy. Um, you cover the, cover the seed over with a touch more um, compost. And then, I'll tell you what, within a literally about a week or so, they're germinating, they're up, and they produce, once they produce their top two leaves you can cut them off, and I just cut them off with uh, scissors. And they are lovely. You can use them in salads. Uh, They really do uh, actually add something to your stir-fries as well. So there's something you can be getting on with as well. Um, It doesn't mean because it's winter you don't do anything. We'll talk about getting out in the garden in just a moment. But before that, onion sets are around at this time of year. Now, you can start those off quite early on, and there's nothing wrong with actually getting... Get a modular seed tray that's divided up, and then you can pop those into there. Keep them somewhere just frost-free with a little bit of... Don't give them too much heat, because they'll force themselves up too much. But you can get them going, and then once they're going, you can pull out the whole a core of soil with the root, and then you can get them into the ground. Or if you've got a cold greenhouse, you could even grow a few in the greenhouse. Not forgetting, if you've got a cold greenhouse, why not grow some salads as well? Ordinary salads, radishes even, perhaps a bit of spring onion, because if you get mild days, which we are getting, I mean, just look at today. You know, as I'm sitting here in the studio, it's nearly 12 degrees. Well, that it means that things are growing really well. So they are, there's something to be getting on with as well. Um, Peter Seabrook, of course, our local lad down in Chelmsford, he's got a few uh, things that he quite likes and he's tested them this year and he reckons they're pretty good and one of his favorites was a mulberry called mojo a berry um it produces ripe fruits from june um right through to november um he's grown it in a container very successfully and thinks it's really good straying on fruits just add cream the strawberry <laughs> he reckons it's the sweetest that he's ever had and it's one of those uh, long-term croppers so it crops from june right through till november and you can even grow it in a hanging basket um, another one he likes is the sugar snap pea lusaka again he sowed it in early august in, in his polytunnel and he's still cropping he was before christmas so that's pretty good couple of pretty ones that he likes lady penelope a new nemesia again flowered well into the autumn until we had the harsh frost and a celosia called dragon's breath because that was the people's favorite choice because it had dark foliage and those flame colored tops so they are there's some of peter seabrook's favorites but i said i would tell you to not stop going in the garden just because the weather's a bit unclement okay don't tramp about on the lawn, you'll make it ever so muddy. Don't tramp about the vegetable plot because you'll make it ever so muddy. Or the borders. But there's still stuff to do. Don't let that lawn gather rubbish. Twigs and rubbish. Leaf. Get them off. Sweep them off gently with a bees and broom or a grass rake. 
onto the veg plot. You can still finish off your winter digging, but I work off a board at this time of year where the ground is particularly saturated, especially if you're in an area of clay. And last but not least, work through those borders, get rid of some of those herbaceous plants that are looking pretty grotty. Sorry, the leaf of those plants. Uh, leave on things like teasels and some of those uh, plants with a lot of seed heads because the birds can enjoy those through the winter. So they are. There's a few things to uh, hopefully get you out in that garden and not slumped in a chair after Christmas and the new year. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. Let's now go to your calls. And we started by chatting with Bob in Colchester. Hello, Ken. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. How can I help you? Well, I, I bought a poinsettia, not this Christmas, the Christmas before. Yeah, OK. It's lovely and green, but there's no colour red on it. Right. Have you tried giving it any darkness at all pre-Christmas? No, I didn't. Well, you see, some of the newer varieties of poinsettia will produce red bracts, uh, red leaves and bracts on their own, but yes. a lot won't. It depends how it was grown and which one it was. Uh, oh, you do see. need to... Now, have you got a room in your house where you don't go in it over the sort of night period? Yes, I have, yes. Well, what you could do is place it in that room. The trouble is, is the room warm enough it's not ice cold is it that room no it isn't no right you could put that in that in that room overnight and don't go in it at all in other words put it in there uh let it go overnight and then give it some light for the day so it has to have daylight during the day and darkness at night now if you do that for about 10 it, i hate it's quite a quite a long time quite a long time a few weeks that's yes. uh, five or six weeks do that and i think you'll find slowly the redness will come back to your poinsettia oh i see lovely thank you very much give it a go and let us know how you get on okay I will do indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and we go now to Beverly and Canoodon, who's rung us on 0300 200 40 41. That's the number to call. And don't forget, you can text us here straight in the studio here, 81333, and I will pick them up off the screen and answer them, as several people have already. Uh, Beverly and Canoodon. Hello, Beverly. Hello, Ken. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Have you been out in the garden yet this uh, this well, day? Just a just a quick look round. We've got a gale blowing here. It is a bit windy, isn't it? Yes, you're not kidding. But, uh, and I, I can't... I haven't got the energy um, to fight against the wind, unfortunately. No. Wait till not, it... Not terribly well. Right, wait till it calms a bit, because there's nothing like a bit of fresh air to make you feel better, is there? Well, yeah, I, I stuck my head outside the door anyway. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> right, now how can we help you then today? Right. Alstroemeria. Yeah. Um, my plants up until the beginning of December yeah. were doing beautifully, still mm -hmm. flowering. Yeah, they still would. Still coming into bud. I'd got them staked and tied, but then we had that massive wind. Yep. And it knocked them all over onto the tie. Right, okay. So it, it broke. Snapped the stems. Well, yeah. Yeah, not yep. clear, not yep. clean. And mm -hmm. um, now I don't know what to do with right. them. I okay. mean, no normally when they're when I pull get one for flowering or for the flower, I pull it. Yep. Out, but I don't know what I no. should do okay. with them now. Now, how long have the alstroemeria been in the ground, or are they in pots? Uh, well, they're in tubs. Oh, in tubs. Good. That's yes. a good way of growing alstroemeria. Are they the dwarf yes. dwarf royal varieties? They're the dwarf ones? No. Oh, you've got the tall three ones? Foot, two to three foot. Brilliant. They're lovely, aren't they? Oh, they're beautiful. Everybody in, in the village loves them. So, right, <laughs> what I would do is, um, is just go down the stems and cut the stems off just above the crown of the plant. Right. The, you're crowning a plant, still got green leaf on it, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, you could... Either leave your stakes and your, your, you know, your supports in there, or take them out for now. Let the plant get growing, and then put them, pop them back in. But all yeah. you need to do is cut them down, and literally an inch above the above the crown of the plant where where the leaf is, and that will be fine. 
Yeah, there's leaf all the way down yeah. the whole of the stem. No, but go all the way down to that stem because you've got a bottom crown of, of leaf, haven't you? Yes, yes. That's where you're going to, an inch or so just above that, and you'll be fine. Right, that's oh. lovely. Okay. Okay, thank all right, you Bev- very much. All the very best. Enjoy those in the coming year as well. <laughs> I will, or oh, we will. <laughs> thank you there. very much. Bye there. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's Beverly and Canoodon. You can give us a call as well on 0300 200 4041. That's 0300 200 4041. Answering your gardening questions or anything to do with houseplants, Christmas trees. What do I do with my Christmas tree? It's growing. What do I do with it? It's been indoors for a fortnight. It's dropped some leaf. Well, and needles. Let's now go to John. Hello, John in Chelmsford. Hello, Ken. Um... Question on my Montana clematis. Yeah. It's looking very sad at the moment, and Mm -hmm. uh, all the leaves are dropping. I'm wondering whether it's in the process of passing over. No, I very much doubt it. Um, The thing is that, did you hear the the last caller was saying her Austromeria up until, what, a few weeks before Christmas was flowering, budding, and growing. And that has been one of the problems this year because, you know, there's a couple of gardens that we look after in the week and uh, I've noticed that there's a a Montana in one of those gardens. In fact, I've got to remove it from the gutter because it's growing in the gutter at the moment. Uh, It's got up into the gutter. And what we've got to do there is we've got to cut it out. And I noticed that that all has leaf and the leaves have, just in this last week or so, just gone yellow to black, which is what yours are doing, yes? Yes. Right, nothing to worry about because remember that clematis, generally clematis that is, most of the clematis are deciduous, which means that they lose their their leaves during the winter time. But because because they've kept going through the winter this year, yep. Yeah. Um it it's confused the whole issue, if that makes sense, does it? Yes, it does. There is just one other point where it's growing on top of me like pergola. Yeah. It's it's about two foot deep I would say in parts. Yeah. And obviously underneath where you can get to it's even though it's obviously got life at the end of it, can I sort of like chomp it down and... uh, Chomp it down. Right. Well, the answer is yes, you can. But remember that the the, the Montana flowers very early on in the season. Yeah? Mm. So really, most people would prune after flowering. Now, there's no reason if it's too tall and it's too chunky, just cut it off and you can do that. Now, you won't hurt a Montana at all. Yeah. All well, right? It's, just, it's getting so heavy now, it's, uh, and I've got to replace part of the wood in the, in the pergola. So, uh... Oh, that'd be a good time to do it. You will not hurt it. You remove it all from the pergola and then, uh, you know, pull it back. It won't, it won't hurt. Not at all. Right. Right. All right. Thank you very much, Ken. That's you. a pleasure. And uh, we now go to where are we going now? I've got got a bit lost here. We're going down to South End on Sea, and Steve is a starter, aren't you, Steve? Sixty-six year old L plate. Yes. Oh, as old as that are you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I found you about six eight weeks ago. I planted. Well, yeah, I'm a learner. I planted some Albert Bartlett's in my little bit of garden I've made and a couple of weeks ago I got impatient, the leaves had gone a bit limp and I thought they might be ready for lifting and all I got was marbles. So I put the marbles back in the ground. All the rest of them, well the frost have got to them and they've gone limp. So should I leave them until spring? So hang on, you're, you've still got your spuds sitting in there? Yeah. <laughs> well, normally people will have will have taken them out and actually kept them uh, kept them sorted. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, you'd, I know what you mean, You'd yeah. have protected. Okay. Now, hang on, how many you got? I mean, are, are there lots of potato? No, there's only five plants, and the, and the one that I, or the marbles that I put back in the ground. Yeah. I'll put them back in the ground, you know, so there's six right. Well, the, the worry with potatoes in the ground is that if you get frost, continuous frost that goes on and on, yeah, yeah. you're going to run into trouble because they'll get frosted in the ground. Right. Yeah. 
So really, you would be better to remove them. Right, okay. Use them and store somewhere where it's frost-free and no light or put them in a paper sack or something like that. I'm with you, yeah. But if, if you leave them where they are, they'll definitely, well, we don't know what the weather's going to do. That's the trouble, do no, we? No, that's it. It, well, it, we, we never do. Winter but could if be you, over by now. <laughs> yeah, and if winter could be, it could be going back into spring again very yeah. easily. I mean, let's face it, it's, it's 12 degrees, 11, 12 degrees today. Yeah. So yeah. It, is, it is a bit different, isn't it? Um, yeah. You can do that. The other danger is that if you leave them there and the ground warms up too much, they'll start, um, they'll start growing again. Right, yeah? OK. So, so lift them, put them in the shed, in a paper bag... Yep. Um, and plant them when? Around about March, April? Yeah, but eat some of them, because although you're trying to grow them again, you'd be better to okay. buy new stock. OK. That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah. Use them, eat them, enjoy them, and then grow some new ones. Okay? Right, OK, then. And also, while you're on the phone, in the summer I built two... I recycled some deck boards, and I made two planting. Uh, they're seven foot long by foot by 18 inches. Right. I want to grow runner beans, dwarf beans and whatever in them. Yep. When should I plant them and what should I oh. put in the planters? Should I just put compost or compost and topsoil? You can mix compost and topsoil, mix it up and then add, if you've got any organic matter like compost, you know, your own compost, add that in as well. Yeah. Right. Because beans will thrive on a rich soil. but. Right. Keep listening because you're way, way too early. You're, you're, you're getting, you're talking about April, April, May for beans. What planting? Yes. Oh As my god. Yes, exactly. Don't be oh, impatient because you'll, you'll destroy them. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther every Saturday from eleven. Uh, let's go back to the phones now and talk to Dennis from Eastwood. Hello, Dennis. Good morning, Ken. Uh, I've got an amaryllis for Christmas. So now what I can see on it, it should have been started in November. When do you reckon I should plant it? Right. It, forget the November. Amaryllis you can plant basically any time. Has it got any shoot so, showing at all at the top or not? No, well, I haven't opened the box yet. <laughs> oh, well, open the box. Get it out the box. Is it a box with a... a some of the boxes have in them a container... That's you know, right. a, p a pot and compost. Has it got That's all that right. in it? Yeah, got all that. Just do it right away and oh, start it off. And put it in the pot. See that the uh, amaryllis is not sunk, sunk down into the ground. You want the bulb, the top of the bulb, at least two or three inches of the bulb above the compost. Yeah? Yep. And then give it a blooming good soak of tepid water in the sink and then let it drain. So, because the compost will be very dry because it's been sitting in the box for ages, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So give it a damn good water and then it'll be quite good. And then off you go. Don't forget, though, it, it might need a drip tray. Hopefully the pot has holes in the bottom and it's got a, then you need a drip tray or a saucer to put it on. How about that? Yeah, that sounds all right, mate. And enjoy it, because they are a super plant to grow. I reckon they're a great bulb. They give a lot of pleasure, and you get some massive blooms out of them and sometimes several stems. So enjoy it, Dennis. And they are, you can do that while you're listening to BBC Essex, can't you? Thanks a lot, Ken. All okay. the best for the new year. Thank you, Dennis, you and you. OK, yeah. there are Dennis from Eastwood. He's asking about his amaryllis. And we go to Treasure. Hello, Treasure. Hello there. What a lovely morning. It's, well, it's a bit windy, but it's not bad, is it? Oh, it's great. It's blowing everything dry. <laughs> That's what we need after all that rain, don't we? Rain yes. and sleety snow. How can we help you today? I've inherited my neighbour's Christmas tree, which has been in a pot outside her property. Must be about five or six years now. Right. It's about five foot tall. Lovely. I've now got it on my patio, and it's twinkling away with its little red lights. Good. When I collected it, with mm -hmm. help, because it was rather large, um, I noticed that the root is coming right out through the bottom of the pot. OK. Now, I would like to plant it on the field, but I've heard it doesn't do them good to be planted once they've been in a pot. Mm, there's no... So should I sink the pot in and then let the pot sort of deteriorate, or...? Well... Personally, if the roots are coming out the bottom, I would personally plant it 
uh, because I, I don't know where that's come from. It depends on the soil. I mean, what's your field like, Treasure? Is it dreadful clay or what? No, it's it's uh, a bit sandy and, and quite light because it's at the moment it's full of molehills. Well, I would have thought it would quite like those soil conditions. I, the most important thing is they hate being dumped in a clay hole. That's the biggest problem. Oh, um, right. I would cut... Is it a... What sort of pot is it? Is it a ceramic or is it a plastic pot? No, it's pot? in a plasticky pot. Quite a thick one, but it would, would be... I could saw through it, possibly. That's, that's what I would do, is saw through it. You damage the roots a lot less with doing that, and the roots then that are coming out the bottom, if a spit of the plastic bottom is still sitting there, you can leave it there. It won't hurt at all, will it, you see? Oh, fine. So that's what I would definitely do. And don't forget that if you want to make it a good shape, give it a bit of a trim. Yes, it is a funny shape because it was growing up against a wall, so yeah. it's it's got one side that hasn't got a lot going for it. No, uh, all you need to do there is is actually shape it up. So, all right. Right, lovely. Shape it up, do it in spring, and then give it give it some feed, and don't put compost down the hole with it. Put the compost into the soil that you're going to replace around it. Right that... now, how deep the depth it is now? Exactly the same as it is at the moment in the pot, and that will do fine. Oh, great! Thank you very much for your help. That's a pleasure. All the Have best, a treasure. New Year, and you, treasure. And nice we'll to hear. listen to you all through next year again. Good girl. Okay. Nice to hear from you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Treasure. Our Treasure, a regular listener to BBC Essex and the Gardening Hour. I know I recognise her voice. And uh, we now go to uh, Harold. Harold Wood. Ken, I, 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 been... I think no. I think you should live in Harold Wood, not in Bowes Gifford. I mean, no, look, I mean, with a name like that, I mean, you've got to live in Harold Wood, haven't you? No, no. <laughs> I've moved in here in 1957, and I'm still here. Oh, you stay there. That's the <laughs> best thing. <laughs> Good for yeah. you. It's a nice place, Bowes Gifford, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. yeah how yeah, how yeah, can yeah. I help you today? Well, I've I've been very kindly given for Christmas by my dear granddaughters. Um, some roots of plants with all it's got is their name on them and they're in plastic bags yeah and the, the there's five of them what you so, got uh, have you got time yeah of course we, we've always got time <laughs> for our listeners yeah the, the first one is astrantia astrantia yeah that's a nice Ma major venice yeah, Astrantia's, yeah. yeah. So no. what do I do with it? Right, you've got, go through them, because it sounds like somebody has given you a collection of herbaceous plants. So I what see. else you got? Hollyhock. Yep, fine. Physalis. Physalis. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's uh, like a Chinese gooseberry. It, it produces oh. that lovely orangey, uh, orangey fruit, uh, orangey casing that's got a little fruit in it, yep. Oh, that, so if, if they're like a gooseberry, are they edible? Uh, they are. Well, they're not very tasty. The the, the, no. the one that you've got won't be tasty, but you can <laughs> get one that you can grow that you can eat. Yeah. Well, the next one is liatris. Liatris. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. And the last one, e eryngium. Eryngium. Eryngium, which is a, like a thistly-looking plant. It, don't worry, it's a lovely-looking plant. Now, okay, so you, they're in bare. They're what you what we call bare root. Yes. You're saying, and they're in polythene bags. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Is the top in the polythene bag as well? Yes. Yes. Right. They're, they're how how small are they? Well, <laughs> they're just roots, you know. Yes, just a bit of root. Okay. Yeah, it's just a bit of root. Yeah. Now, have you got an area of garden that's ready to take them? Because if you haven't, I would suggest that you pot them on into, say, something like a five-inch pot. Have you got any pots laying about your garden that you've yeah, kept? Oh yeah, yeah, I've always got those, yeah. Right, what I would do then is I would, at this time of the year, purely because you might lose them in the garden because they've got no leaf, yeah? Yes, Is yes. pot them up with a, a good... I'd use a John Innes compost myself, but any compost yeah. that you've got hanging about, pot them up into something like a five-inch, six-inch pot. Yeah. Uh, stand them somewhere together in a group against a wall or a fence or somewhere that's a bit sheltered. Oh, well, leave them outside, not in the greenhouse. No. Oh, is it a cold greenhouse? Cold greenhouse, Cold yeah. greenhouse, ideal. Cold greenhouse, yeah. terrific. Leave them in the yeah. cold greenhouse, and then you could plant them out about March time. March, April, you'll find that they'll all start to shoot. Then you can decide where you want them and plant them out, or you could even leave them a little bit longer to get the roots really growing. I see. 
Is that? Yeah, so put them all, all the same, just uh, how yeah. deep in the pot, right? Sort of bury them in the pot you're, or no, leave you're a si- bit sticking if you, out? Or? If you look at it, as when you take them out the polythene, you'll see that the root comes up and it will come to a sort of um, a lump, like a knob. Now, yeah. the knob you want to keep just on the surface, at the surface height of the soil. Oh, because yeah. that That's is the base of the plant. That's great. And that's a, that was a Christmas present, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you've got a very nice Christmas present there. I think that's a, a great Christmas present to give someone. I think plants are well, plants are very underrated as Christmas presents, in my opinion. Same, right. same as my girls. They are very nice as well. <laughs> <laughs> you look off. OK, so then. Met you a long time ago. Got your autograph when you had a, a, a garden centre somewhere. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The club I was in came out and we visited your garden centre. Very and, uh, Yep. I met you then. Had the pleasure of meeting you then. Very yeah. nice, Harold. And Thank you, Ken. You, you look after Thank yourself. You. Yeah. Have a good Stop New left. Year. Bye bye. Have, have a happy New Year. That's the one. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye there. That's Harold Wood from Bowers Gifford. And uh, don't forget that number to call is 0300 200 40 41. And I've got uh, still some questions to answer. But don't forget, you can you can give us a text as well, straight here to me in the studio on 81333. Or give us a call 0300 200 40 41. That's the number to call. Uh, let's go to Peter in Whittam now. Hello, Peter. Good morning, Ken. I wonder if you can help me. We have um, a, a, a house plant that our daughter gave us. She picked it up from Tatton Park from one of their one of their exhibitions up there. It's a, a streptocarpus. Streptocarpus. Yep. Yep. And so it's got sort of primula type leaves. Yeah, uh, and really beautiful flowers, sort of mixed blue flowers. That's it. Now I have two questions. One: How should we look after it? Should we keep it dry? Should we keep it wet? Um, it, 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 right. It sort of how long? Leaves... How long you had it? That's the first question. Um, we were given it in the summer when it was in full bloom. And where are you it, keeping it? it? We're keeping it in the conservatory, Good. which is at sort of normal house temperature. Okay. Um, it then went through a very sad phase and we had to cut some of the leaves off. They flaked. Yep. And it's sort of rejuvenating with it. With it just put up a bloom for Christmas, which was very brave it, of it. It must have known um, that it was Christmas, eh? It must have done. Um, it, it's a beautiful plant when it's in flower. So, A, we want to try and keep it, and B, yeah. I okay. need to know whether I could take leaf cuttings from it or how I could propagate it. Right. Well, firstly, I think you need to get it back into good health before you try taking cuttings from it. Um, now, what size pot's it in, Pisa? It's in a, a five-inch pot. Right. It's not a bad-sized pot, but it's not a massive plant. It's not filling it completely, is it? No, it isn't. Good. Right. They like being quite pot-bound. That's the first thing. So streptocarpus are one of my favourites. Um, I've not, do you know, I've never had one, but they've always been one of my favourites. And the interesting thing is that you might notice that on the end of the leaf sometimes you get a droplet and they, they actually excrete a sort of little droplet on the end of the leaf, which is sometimes sticky. Uh, you might find that happens on streptocarpus. Okay. They send up these small spikes of, of flower and they are very, very attractive indeed. Now, what you need to do with a streptocarpus is keep it... Um, at this time of year, I would water it thoroughly and then let it dry out before I watered it again. They, right. do need, they do need good light, but they don't like strong sunlight. So I don't know okay. whether... It, is, is it in strong sunlight? No, we've actually got it on a, in, in a corner of the conservatory that's in shade. Ideal. That's spot on, because it's getting good light, but in the shade, yes? Correct. That's what it wants. So you, you've actually obviously happened to have chosen a good place for it. All I would do is actually just do what I said, let it dry out before you water it, and I would start feeding it in about a month or so's time. The light levels are too low for it to do much growing at this time of year. Um, right. But and basically, later on, you can take leaf cuttings of these. Uh, but you'd be better to let's get it growing properly, and then give us another call, and we'll explain how to do that. How about that for an idea? 
That sounds great. So give it sort of baby buyer in a, in yep. a couple of months. So That's I mean, the job. Something like that. Yeah, it's a bit of a waste of time giving houseplants much at this time of year. Although they've got the warmth, they've got low light levels and therefore they're not doing much at all. all right? Understood. And they are a super plant to have. They'll grow bushy. You want it pot bound. Don't think of repotting it until it's literally filled that pot with growth. That and sounds it, very good advice. And it sometimes will send sort of trailers with the with the flowers on. The flowers sometimes end on end up on a long trail, like a um, a stem, and they'll hang down as well. So that they look really lovely. All right. Terrific. Thank you very much for your advice. That's all the best, Peter. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. That's Peter in Whitham of, with his Streptocarpus, and that number to call is o three hundred two hundred forty forty one. That's the number to call. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's go now to talk to Mike in Southend. So, Mike, hello there. Hello there. What right, you got, I Mike? Not, I've got a problem with three apple trees. They're three three-year-old apple trees. One's a Worcester, one's a Bramley, and the other is a Fiesta. Okay. Um, this year, 2017, the Bramley, yes, that produced apples. Uh, the Worcester produced apples, but they was about the size of plums. So they was, you know, we couldn't eat those. And the Fiesta uh, did not produce any flowers at all. All three trees are very healthy. Uh, I treated them all the same. Um, what can I do so that I don't have a problem this year? Right, firstly, year? firstly, your Bramley might not produce fruit every year. So that's the first thing right. you've got to accept. If you've right. got it to pollinate and produce apples, I'm not sure when a fiesta... When you bought these trees, were you told that they would all flower at the same time? Because a bramley often needs two uh, two other trees to actually pollinate the bramley. Yes, that's why... Uh, I mean, the first year... Um, that's why they the sold fiesta. you these three, then, yeah? Yeah, they, these right. three, is you're supposed to buy them... As a trio. Okay, so right. So they can cross-pollinate each other. Right. How are right. you prune... When do you prune or have you pruned any of them? Uh, I prune them very lightly um, because their they're bud, um, top bud um, flowers. Right. Um, so I just trimmed the inside because they said make sure that you trim it or prune them so that you can get light coming into the middle of the tree. Yeah, you see, you're doing all the right... You're doing exactly the right things to them. You don't want to keep um, pruning them uh, on a regular basis as much as we used no, to. No, I do it in... Um, I, I, I've done it in uh, November. OK. Um, and this year, uh, I've also sprayed them with winter wash. Good. I would uh, leave well alone this winter completely... I wouldn't prune anything, and I would, in the summer, just take out your crossing wood and open up the middle to allow the light in to get to the fruits. Now, right. if your fiesta is struggling a bit, how big is, is it? A dwarf tree, or is it a reasonable size tree? Uh, it's well, say reasonable size. It's probably about oh, between say about six foot high now. Oh, six foot high. That's good. Good. To give it a boost, something that I've done in the past is um, you come out to the to where the branches are going to. In other words, the the outside of the tree. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. And what you then do, just to give it a bit of a boost, if the fiesta is suffering a bit, is you drive a pole down into the ground, a couple of feet, and you do that every every two or three feet, all the way round the circle of the tree, not close to the stem, but out onto the edge. And then you use something like a Vitax Q4, something a, an ordinary fertiliser, drop that down the hole, and yeah. then put the soil back. And basically what you're doing is you're feeding the, the feeder roots, because the feeder roots are the roots that are all the way around the edge. Right. And that might give that fiesta just a sort of bit of an oomph. Now, your yeah, Worcester... Now, yeah, your Worcester, the Worcester, if it's got lots of small fruits, mean that if it produces lots of small fruits and they're all sitting on there, need to go around when they're the size of, say, a 50p, yeah, or yeah. even smaller, thin them out. Right. Thin them out in the cluster and they will grow larger. Right, I'm with you. But don't panic, yeah, if your okay. don't panic if your Bramley doesn't produce fruit this year. It might not, but it might produce yeah. just a bit. Okay, lovely. All, All right. right. Thank you. Right. Thank come, you. Come back to us, Mike. Let us know how you get on with your, your fruit trees, can you? Yeah, will do. 
Ken Crowther. Answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex. And we go to Joyce in Hornchurch. And uh, hello, Joyce. What's you Good got morning, for us Ken. today? Thank you for talking to me. Pleasure. Uh, my daughter's brought me three large uh, hyacinths mm-hmm. and then like a, a tin container all covered in moss. Now, I know years ago I had some and my husband put them in the garden and they came up year after year. That's right. Now, right, now, so when do I do that and what do I do with with these when they've stopped flowering in the meantime? Okay, you're enjoying them. Are they, are they full of perfume? What colour are they, actually? They're pink. Oh, the perfume pink. is beautiful. Yeah, some people find it a bit overpowering, don't they? But I love hyacinths. Oh, no, smells. no, definitely not. <laughs> When I trained, I always go back to hyacinths. Always remind me of when I trained, I worked in the embankment gardens and there was a, a, a there used to be a tea place or coffee place on the right-hand side as you walk down from the main area, main station, embankment station, down, to, down towards the Savoy. And there was a little sunken garden there that was all done in York stone and it had these beds round it built in stone. And yes. we always planted those with hyacinths and the big tubs. There were the two big concrete tubs, all planted in hyacinths, a whole area. And you would walk down that garden and the perfume that would come off those hyacinths, I'll tell you what, it would hit you as you walk past. Oh, it uh, must have been lovely. I don't think they do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely it costs too much for Westminster, because it's Westminster Council now, whereas it was... Uh, oh, great, yes, that's great, a shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, GLC when I was there. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, your hyacinths, sorry, um, and they used to throw them away. They were terrible. They used to throw the hyacinths away when they pulled them out of there. But oh, I tell you what, they used nice. to throw them away, and I used to take them home sometimes and do oh, just what. I, and just what I'm going to tell you what I did with my with them in my dad's garden. We used to plant them up, and I used to actually put them in the grass because my dad had a garden where he had fruit trees, and he used to grow a lot of uh, daffodils were all through the fruit trees and crocus. And we used yeah. to plant the hyacinths in there as well. And what they do is they deteriorate. They basically go backwards. So from a big stem uh, full of flower, they'll reduce, reduce, and they end up looking a bit like a bluebell. But they're still colourful. And if you plant in a group tight together, they'll give you a little bit of colour for years to come. However, yours are in a pot with no drainage, aren't they? Well, it won't. I can't lift it up, it's still no, heavy, but, but it I won't, don't think so. No, it won't have drainage. So what you need to do is, when they finish, put it outside or, oh, in, a sh- or in a shed. You've or got a shed? Garage. It's very cold. Garage. Put it in the garage and just let those leaves naturally die down. Right. Keep it a little bit moist, but not too moist. You're trying to dry them. And yeah. then, basically, you could plant them. As soon as they've dried and the tops have all gone, as long as you knew where you've planted them, you could plant them straight away. And then oh, they'll right. come up I'll next ask year. I'll gardener to do that then. There you go. All right, Joyce. Yeah, thank you very much indeed for your help. Happy that's New a... Year to you both. And to you, Joyce. Thank you very much indeed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye there. And that's Joyce from Hornchurch. And we now go to Shirley. Shirley in Ramsden Bell House. Hello, Shirley. Good morning, Ken. Hi. I have this... Uh, I'm looking at the pot now, and it says Schlumberger. Yeah, Schlumberger. It's an indoor... Yeah, it's a Christmas it's cactus, a Christmas yeah? Cactus. Yep, yep. And I've had it about three years, and it's a small plant. I bought it very, very small, and it's got all these lovely, um, you know, leaf things on it. And this year, on Christmas Day, one of them has bloomed. But it hasn't bloomed on a red bit. It's bloomed on a green bit. And all the red pieces on it keep falling off. Right. It sounds to me as if you're over-watering it if the the red bits are dropping off, because what they normally do... do you keep it in the same place all the time or do you put it outside or what do you do with it? No, I keep it in the same place all the time on the windowsill in the kitchen. Right. Is it wet, the compost? No, I don't let it get wet. I just you let don't. it get damp and then I sort of give it a water about once a week. Now, you've heard gardeners are good at this because they say, well, you've overwatered it. Oh, no, you've underwatered it. So <laughs> it's a combination of the two. Now, what you need to do with it um, is, is it in a very small pot or is it... Yes, it is but it hasn't grown much, you're saying? Well, it has grown. Yes, really, it's grown. But all the pink bits on it, on the end parts, they yep. keep falling off. Yeah, right. I've got just this one green part that's come right. up, 
and that's the one that's got the flower on it. Okay, so what you've got to try and do is get it into better growth, really. Now, something that I do is that in the summer, I put them outside. Now, that seems to harden them off and help them to get into flower as they go towards Christmas again. So you give it a sort of summer holiday in the garden. Could you do that? So do that. Don't let it dry out completely, but keep it quite dry through the summer period. And then when you bring it back in, you water it a bit better. Does that make sense? Yes. But does it need sunshine? Because it doesn't really get sunshine where it is. It does need quite good light, yes. It's got good light, but just not sun. No, it 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 need does it need sun? Well it will get the sun in the in outside. So really, you know, you've you haven't got to worry, really. Yeah, so it's got to have a holiday. Give it a good holiday, and then when you bring it yeah. back in, it uh, it will work quite well. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been puzzled about this, and I think must ask Ed. Must right, ask now when Ed. you bring it back in, you feed it as well. Give it a good feed. Oh, yes, I haven't done that. Yeah, give it a good feed. You've got to feed it. You wouldn't okay. You wouldn't last long without food. Why does he in the cactus, you see? It needs feed as well, doesn't it? <laughs> you're, you're cruel. Thank you very much. You're cruel. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther every Saturday from 11. Yes, it's the Gardening Hour with me, Ken Crowther, here every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock till 12. There's a line free at the moment on 0300 200 4041. 0300 200 4041. That's the number to call. Or you can text me 81333. Start the message with the word Essex as Ray had. Now, if you've got a large amaryllis that's three foot high, the biggest problem it is, is as long as the stem, it has grown pretty quickly. And that was what would worry me. He's talking about an amaryllis he said he bought before Christmas and it's already three foot high. It must be producing buds. So, in fact, uh, I would keep an eye on that stem and see that the stem is nice and firm. He will need to keep it watered and it's worth feeding at this time of year, even with the bloom on, because if he feeds it with the bloom on, uh, he will encourage perhaps a second stem and then he'll get even more bloom. So it's really important to keep it growing really well and strongly. And the way you can keep it growing strongly is to give it a good feed, something like baby bio or one of the regular houseplant foods from Scott's would be just the ideal thing. So it's as simple as that. It's not difficult to keep things going. Amaryllis, very popular plants indeed. And I think uh, when I think how they've come on over the, over the years, they've really come on absolutely fantastically. Um, you know, we get people ringing in that saying they've got two, three stems out of one bulb and uh, um, you know, it, it's pretty impressive to think how many, how much they can get through. We go back to the phones now on 0300 200 40 41. That's the number to call. We've got a line for it at the moment. So that's 0300 200 40 41. And we're talking to Liz in Basildon. Hello, Lynn. Oh, hello. Um, I've got a problem in my garden with, it's like a white mould. It started off on flocks, which... I dug up and got rid of, but the white was in the ground. But now it seems to have spread over a lot right. of the plants, rockery plants, the aquilegia. And I don't quite know what to do about it. I did right. buy some spray, but it's not helped. Right. Now, you're talking, you see, you, you've said two things which worries me a little bit. You said uh, the plants have got a white mould on them. Mm -hmm. It's like a white dust. It's almost like yeah. they're going grey. That's, that's a mildew. Right. But then you said it's on the ground. Yes, when I dug the flocks up last year, the ground was white underneath. It had all this white underneath it. Right. I think I think you've got two things going on there, but one isn't related necessarily to the other. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So I think, firstly, flocks of all things, flocks, delphiniums, uh, and lupin, they're three things that I can pick on that would get uh, mildew very easily. Yeah. Right. Now, the thing is, once the mildew is on the plant, you won't actually get rid of it by spraying the area that's got the mildew. You will only help new growth to be clear of mildew. Yeah? Right. So it's a shame you've dug them up and thrown them away because what you could have done is just strip back the worst leaves and then given them a sp good spray in the spring as they regrow. I take it you're talking about flocks, the herbaceous flocks, are we, that come up every year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So 
the ground if you've got ground does it look like pieces of i'm just trying to think cotton woolly type stuff in the ground Yes, it did, yeah. Yeah, well, that is natural. It's actually mycelium that is rotting down what is in the ground. Right. So that's not causing a problem. That's natural. Uh, is it a new garden or an old garden? Um, no, it's an old garden. Yeah. Is it, have you, do you add compost to the, to the ground at all? Uh, no. You don't? Because that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to break down and rot stuff that's in the ground. I don't think that is anything to worry about, but I think what you've obviously got is an area that's uh, quite not getting a lot of air through it, yeah? Right. And I think what you need to do is still don't give up on planting herbaceous plants. Watch them very carefully. I always reckon if you go around your garden once a week or once every couple of days and just have a quick look, you can save a lot of things happening in your garden. Mm. Um, Jeff Hodge, one of my guests that I have in, he always reckons a glass of red wine, you know, latter end of the day is a good way of looking after your garden because it gives you things on what you should be doing in the garden. So have a good look at it. And if you see it, then use a, use a fungicide. You can buy a good fungicide and then spray it as soon as that whiteness starts appearing on the leaf. Does that okay, help you? It does very much. Thank you Okay, Lynn, much. that's Thank a pleasure. Nice. Year. And to you, Lynn. And we go to Susan in Croydon. Hello, Susan in Croydon. Good morning, Ken. Croydon, where, you're where the trams are, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> I am where the trams are, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's, uh, how can we help you then? Yes, I'd just like to inquire about a Christmas cactus that... Mm-hmm. My son has had for seven years since his nan died, and I gave it to him. Right. And I don't know how long my mum has had it. It's about ten inches long. Yep. And comes out of the pot and goes over. It's in a very sunny space. It likes it there. My son waters it, but he doesn't feed it. But I will get him to do that. And I just wondered if it's the pot is about five inches tall by about four inches round. I just wondered if. We could take a chance in repotting it or not. Right. It's... (laughs) I always think when something's so established, there is, I suppose, and it's age, there is a very slim chance of of hurting it by repotting it. Understood, yes. But... I if it's that large and it's so pot bound, I know they like being pot bound, but if you could gently put it into one size larger, I think it would benefit quite a lot. Yes, okay. Uh so let it finish flowering completely before you do that. Yes, it it did some flowers came out for the first time in ages for Christmas. Yep. Otherwise it's been November. But as I said, my son's had it seven years since my mum yeah. passed away, and I don't remember how long she had it. It, it is must a, be at least 15 years old, yeah. something like that. It's a beautiful plant. It is amazing how long people keep those because, oh, uh, you know, if, if I think back, we had uh, some people ringing in the other day who were in excess of 10 years ago and they kept them totally differently. That One sent me a picture of it and it was massive and yeah. he did nothing to it. He just fed it with <laughs> rainwater only and never fed it. And the other guy fed it on a regular basis and they were both as good as each other, and but I they were doing them, different things. They are things. beautiful plants. The flowers are beautiful. And this one's pink, and I gave it to my son because my mum's was mum who lived in Devon. She had a sunny windowsill yeah. in the afternoon and evening, and he has all through the, all through the summer. Even now, he's got sunshine, whereas my kitchen hasn't. And I think the kitchen helps it going with the steam as well. Yeah, bit of moisture around it helps a great deal. So it sounds like you're doing everything right, Susan. Well, we're not doing not pretty. T- not really doing anything. Well, no, you are, because you're looking after it and it's kept well, going for that yes, line. In, in order to keep it going, like feeding it, it's yep. just being watered every yep. now and then. No, and I'm well, sure my son forgets to water it. No, well that, no, that won't matter, because you can run them dry until that, you water them again. That's right, yes. Yeah. Well, that's the, right, because of the desert. Yeah. I mean, I've right. been in the Arizona desert and see how they live. I mean, it's absolutely marvellous. It's incredible where they get their moisture from, isn't it, Susan? Oh, it is, isn't it? All yeah. deserts, yes. Arizona is beautiful with all mm. the those big tall cacti as well. Must be fascinating to see. It and, is, yes. And it's lovely to hear you from Croydon. Don't forget, we're here at 11 o'clock every Saturday yes, lunchtime. I, I, I only found um, B, B Radio Essex 
Yeah. A couple well, a couple of months ago, three months at the most, and I've been listening every morning to, to the Quest, which is absolutely funny and great, and your show is really interesting. Nice to hear from you, Susan. Uh, Keep, thank you very much, Ken. Tell your friends. BBC Essex, that's the one to listen to. And we go to Bob uh, from Walton on the Nays. How's Walton on the Nays today, Bob? Nice and bright and sunny. That's um, what I like to hear. warm. Good, good. It is, it is warm, actually. It's ridiculously warm, isn't it? I mean, we've gone from yes. freezing conditions up to 11 to 12 degrees, just like that. Absolutely no, fantastic. we're not that high in temperature. Oh, it Where is. On the roof here in Chelmsford, 11 point something, 11.7. Ah, uh, well, you're inland. <laughs> right, what have we got for you then, Bob? What are we doing? Right, I've, I've spoken to you about this before. I've got a... Coxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which you, which you didn't sing very wild on it. No, because Coxes um, don't like Essex, Essex soil conditions that much. But everybody likes Coxes, so we grow them in Essex. They're better in Kent than yeah. they are in Essex. But anyway, how can we well, help I'm you? I'm not moving to Kent for that. No, I wouldn't. Anyway, um, what I need to know is what or when can I prune it back? Because it's getting rather high, and I don't want it too high. Cause right. I don't like heights anymore. <laughs> okay. Now, the danger is that when you cut them hard back, they grow lots yeah. of what we call water shoots, and you don't get much fruit. But if you have to reduce it, reduce it, uh, take, take the heavy, heavy and crossing branches out, right? right, and reduce it in height. Don't just go over the top like you would with a hedge, because that's the worst uh-huh. thing you can do. Take out positive branches rather than just chop the top off. Then next right. year... They'll produce loads and loads of tiny little stems. Yep. And as they grow through the summer, cut those off, trim some of those off, and just choose a few to leave there. How about that? Right. All right? If I can remember that, I'll try. It's easy. It's easy. If not, give us another ring when you've done one thing. Ring us in the spring um, and summer, and we'll tell you what to do with it then. How about that, Bob? Yeah, that's fine. I had some apples this year, but Good. every single one of them have been attacked. Uh, try, try putting in a a, 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 a what's it trap, a moth trap, and that might help. Put them in as soon as it's flowering. Rose from Leon C, my last caller for today. How can I help you, Rose? Um, Ken, I've, morning, Ken. I've got Hi. a clivia. Yes. I've had about a year, and it's just blooming for the second time, which is lovely. Brilliant. But um, the last couple of two or three weeks, I'm getting brown patches on the leaves, some of the leaves. Now, I have cut some of these off, but yep. I see that I've got one or two coming again. Are they on the edges or in the middle? Um, they're sort of on the edges as they come up, the right. edges of the leaves. That's because wintertime, your house is hotter and, in fact, it's inclined to be drying out. So it's not anything to worry about. Mist the plant with a little mist or just pour a bit of water over the leaf and that will help it. Right. And, so I, do, and I go around with the scissors and just cut those dead bits off and nobody notices. Yeah. Yes, I have cut some off, but um, the bloom is lovely, but it's making me a bit short of leaves. Yeah, don't worry, and then give it a good feed as we go into spring, and I'm sure you'll have your clivia looking really good next year. It's just dry conditions in the house at this time of the year. The BBC Essex Gardening Hour with Ken Crowther. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. And if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0300 200 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11. Let's go gardening. Ken Crowther, answering your gardening questions. This is BBC Essex.